Ion 2020, episode 133. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? It's Ray Eaton, the host that brings you the news, the related events, all the things that are happening With the 2020 election from the libertarian perspective, I cover the Republicans, the Democrats, the independents, all of those libertarians that are going to be running. I'll be covering those as time progresses as well, and I'll be doing this until November of 2020, just to make sure that you are up to date, up to speed, and are knowledgeable, so that when you're talking with your friends about the candidates, when you're talking with your family members at Thanksgiving, you'll have all the information that you need to basically change their minds more towards a libertarian directive. That's the goal. That's why I always focus on libertarianism and the non-aggression principle and the things that we believe are the best way to kind of run government, you know, or run the minimal state that we believe that, you know, should exist, I guess. But I appreciate you joining me. I do. And uh, hope you had a great 4th of July. Many of you guys know if you listen to the previous shows, I do. I recorded the uh, Thursday and Friday episode, the 4th and the 5th, because I was out of town, so I recorded those early on Wednesday night, uh, recorded those so that you would have great information, uh, and make sure those shows show up in your podcatcher for Thursday and Friday, pre-scheduled those, and what I was out there doing over the 4th of July weekend is I spent the weekend up in the Tennessee mountains with my family, but it wasn't for enjoyment, it was really, we were taking down walls and re redoing a house up there that my in-laws had bought. They're going to be moving up there to retire. And because the, because the taxes are low, they're moving from Florida up to uh, the Tennessee mountains. And they wanted to stay in a state where there's low taxes, where there's literally no taxes actually on income. So they were looking for a state like that. And Tennessee kind of matched that. If you move to North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, the income tax is high, even for retirees. So, they said, hey, let's move to Tennessee. They found a nice little house and it needed a lot of work. So we went up there over the weekend and basically redid the kitchen. Or not really redid it because it still needs a lot of work. But we took the kitchen and you know made it larger by knocking out a couple of walls. And uh, got, basically gutted the inside of the place. And it was really fun. I had never done anything like that before. And I enjoyed it. Uh, getting your hands dirty and doing something outside of the normal sales gig that I do and learned a lot. So that was really fun. But now I'm back in the action, keeping an eye on the news for you and didn't have a lot of ability to keep an eye on the news over the weekend. But it seemed like a lot happened with uh, Justin Amash. That was crazy that this guy decided that he was going to become an independent and leave the Republican Party. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, but also I want to talk about a few other things also. But first, while you got a second, go ahead and subscribe to the show. 
You can hear the show tomorrow. You also have 132 episodes before this one, and you can take a look at those as well. And give those a listen, because there's a lot of good information in those, not just with the news that's going on at the time that I recorded it, but I also cover a lot of the issues that these candidates are talking about. I talk about the specific candidates and what their issues are, what they believe in. And I also talk about, you know, just a lot of libertarian issues as well. I even cover one episode with Bitcoin, you know, so uh, you'll have a lot of good information to listen to on the previous episodes. So go on and listen to those if you'd like to, but keep on coming back every day by subscribing. Okay. And uh, if you really like what you hear and you're scrolling through, you know, your iPhone and you see the Apple, Apple, Apple podcasts app, what you can do is give me a five-star rating and review that helps out with the algorithms that will actually help me to get this show featured further on the iTunes app or the podcast app, as well as any other podcatcher that you might be listening through as well. You can give me a five-star rating and review there also. Uh, I on the Empire is my website, IonTheEmpire.com. You can also find me Twitter, Facebook, and on Minds with I on the Empire. If you just type that in, you'll be able to find me. And uh, if you'd like to, you guys know how I ask this on a regular basis. If you have a story about something that you're doing for the libertarian movement, whether it's in your community whether it's just, you know, conversations you've had with your family and maybe changed someone's mind, got them thinking about politics in a different way, got them thinking about the state in a different way. If you have a little story like that, or if it's just something that you're doing, like part of an organization, if you're part of a group, if you're part of a, you know, you have a podcast or something that you're doing, even a, even a web page that you're managing. If you're doing something like that and you would like to be featured on my show, you can email me and just type up a little bit about your information about your show or what you're doing. If there's any links, give me those as well. So I can look at it as well. And then if you do that, I will feature you as the last minute of my show. That's what I've been doing a lot lately. If you listen to the last minute of my show, you'll see that I'm featuring different people that are doing different things within the libertarian movement. And what I want to do is basically get this movement moving forward and inspire other people to do similar things inspire other people to take an initiative in their communities in order to get them to push the libertarian message as well. So if you do that, then you can, uh, you'll be featured on the, as the last minute of my show. You'll have the last minute of ION 2020 every single time. So go ahead and do that for me, all right? And also, if you'd like to, you can send me a voice message. If you go to anchor.fm slash ION 2020, you can send me a voice message, and then if that's about a minute long and it's talking about what you're doing, then I'll feature that as the last minute of my show as well. Anchor.fm slash ion2020 is also the place where you can support the show. So if you'd like to support the show with a $2.99, $4.99, or $9.99 donation, I would appreciate that. Uh, if, you like what, if you like what I'm doing and you like what you're hearing, go ahead and do that. I mean, I think if you do a four and nine donation, it's less than a quarter per episode, which uh, I would appreciate. I really would. So let's hop into the most recent news that's going on in the 2020 elections. And what I wanted to talk about today first is the polls, the most recent polls that came out on Sunday. Some polls came out and it was some hypothetical matchups between different candidates. And it's telling of what's going on because even after the last debates, it shows who is ahead and who is behind 
when it comes to they're going against Trump. So it's hypothetical messages, hypothetical matchups between Trump and the different Democratic candidates that are running for election against Donald Trump. And the first one that they list, and this is in order of who's winning and who's losing. So you got Trump versus Biden. 53% Trump, 43% Biden. So that's Biden's up by 10 points against Trump in a hypothetical matchup. And even after the debates, even after a poor performance in the debates, even after a safe performance in the debates, you might argue, but it's also a poor performance because that's the, the media has been beaten up on this guy ever since. He's still up 10 points on Donald Trump, and he's leading against Donald Trump in all of the polls that were taken. This was an ABC News Washington Post poll. The next one is Trump versus Harris, and Trump is losing by two points to Harris. Harris, 48 points, or at 48%, Trump at 46%. Harris, who may have been losing to Donald Trump in the past on some of these polls, is only up by two points on Trump. That's within the margin of error. The next matchup, hypothetical, Trump versus Sanders. Sanders, 49%. Trump, 48%. So he is just barely beating Trump. And also with Harris, he's just barely getting less votes than Harris in this hypothetical matchup as well against Trump. So, And those are both within the margin of error also. Trump versus Warren, a matchup is tied. Trump versus Buttigieg, the matchup is tied. So looking at all of this, what it tells me is that even though the debates happened, all it's done is helped out Harris a little bit. So she's getting some momentum because she's able to be the second best against Trump. But what it also tells me is that if the Democrats, like I've said in the past, if the Democrats are looking for the safe choice, that safe choice is still Joe Biden. And I think that they are looking for the safe choice. I think that they're looking for the guy that's in the middle road. He was calling himself on the Sunday morning shows this week. He was calling himself a a, um, a left-wing centrist or a left-side centrist, right? He was. That's where he, he's trying to dominate that particular spot on the political map. He's trying to not look like he is the crazy person that's far left. And I think that's going to help him in the general election if that was the case. But I also think that it's going to help him in this part of the election process with the primaries because it is true that the Democrats are going to be looking for somebody that can beat Trump. That's their number one, like one of their number one issues right now is when they're voting, it's going to be voting for somebody that they think can beat Trump. And Biden is up by 10 points on Trump in the hypothetical matchups. And that's the summer. I mean, it's, it's July right now, right? So it's not like things are not going to change between now and 2020 whenever the Democrats start going to the polls to elect the person that they're going to choose against Donald Trump. When they start doing their nomination process, then it, a lot's going to change between now and then. There's going to be a lot of debates between now and then. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for gaffes. For, from all these candidates between now and then, and there's going to be lots of skeletons that come out of the closet between now and then. So, how many skeletons or how many skeletons can come out of or uh, Joe Biden's closet? That's hard to tell. But he has been vetted pretty heavily, I'm sure, 
when he was going against or when he was uh, fighting with Barack Obama to get to the presidency in 2008. And also when he was running with, you know, Barack Obama in 2012 also. So he's spread pretty heavily, but things have changed. Even Kamala Harris said it in a campaign speech that I was listening. She said that it's not 2016 anymore. Americans are woke. Americans are woke. That means that a lot of the PC stuff has changed. That political correctness stuff has changed. A lot of people are way further left than they used to be. They are more critical of politicians and their stances on things like, you know, the, the 1960s and 70s with the equal rights and things that were going on within the black community. Even somebody like Joe Biden, who basically stood up for integration of schools, that was, you know, one of the people, one of the few politicians at the time, I guess, that were Democrats, I would imagine, that were for all the equal rights and the things that were going on, right? So... He's one of the ones that stood up to kind of defend minority groups at the time. And even his stance is way too conservative nowadays, I guess. And I don't know if you'd call it conservative, but, you know, his, his stance doesn't match up with the current Democratic Party in some ways. And that's according to someone like Kamala Harris. So, but you're looking at Donald Trump versus Biden, and he's still winning. So he is the safe choice. Harris, I look at her and... She is doing good in the polls, and she's also had a good performance on the debate stage. And I was kind of looking at her, thinking to myself, what would the American public think about her, though, in a general election? Right now, she's beating Trump by two points. But the more she talks, do they start thinking of her as, I mean, she seems like she's just like a mean person when I listen to her talk. She seems like somebody that she she sounds like a prosecutor, and you want someone that has like a soft side in some ways. I would imagine a friendly side, and she doesn't seem like she has that friendly side at all. So anyway, guys, that's all I really wanted to say about the polls. Though is Biden is clearly the safe choice right now. He's still the front runner, even in these polls that are just hypothetical matchups against Donald Trump. Harris moving up a little bit, but she's still within the margin of error. I think that Democrats are really going to be looking for the person that could beat Donald Trump, so that might push more people towards Biden still. But like I said, there's plenty of rooms for gas between now and you know January and February. So anyway, moving on to Justin Amash. July 4th, he wrote his kind of like a, an op-ed in the Washington Post, I believe it was, and he said that he was going to declare himself independent and that he was leaving the Republican Party. So let's talk about the reasons why he was leaving the, the Republican Party. And also a news article that was written about him on CNN. And then also he had an interview with Jake Tapper on State of the Union. I believe that was his first interview after leaving the Republican Party. And I kind of want to talk about that as well. So many of you have probably heard that Justin Amash was leaving the Republican Party. And you've probably possibly heard about, the, I guess, the first few sentences of the Washington Post op-ed that he put in. But it says, Today, I am declaring my independence and leaving the Republican Party. No matter your circumstance, I'm asking you to join me in rejecting the partisan loyalties and rhetoric that divide and dehumanize us. I'm asking you to believe that we can do better than this two-party system. 
and to work towards it. If we continue to take America for granted, we will lose it. So he decided that on July 4th that he was going to declare his independence from the Democratic Party and also from the two-party system. And I thought that that was, for somebody that's a Republican already, somebody that is already in Congress, that takes a lot of courage to do. And the reason why is because he got elected as a Republican. So a lot of Republicans, a lot of people just check the, whoever has the R by their name, they check it, right? And if he's going to be running as an independent in his, in Michigan, then he's going to have a hard time getting reelected because of that. So he's basically giving up his seat as a congressperson in some ways. Now he feels confident that he could win in Michigan as an independent, but the money's not going to be behind, behind him at this point. The political organization is not going to be behind him at this point. And also, the parties are going to be working against this guy. And let's be honest, the two-party system is where the money's at, and also it's a way to get elected. And that, I mean, Ron Paul used the Republican Party as a way to stay in Congress that amount of time. He never decided that he was going to become an independent. So even though... Ron Paul was clearly an independent in Congress, but he stayed as a Republican because that R helps out, I guess, and it helps you to get what you want, which is, I guess, the the seats on the different committees and things of that nature. And so Justin Amash, by doing this, is making a stand and saying, hey, this is wrong. We The two-party system does not work for the American people anymore. It never has. And I'm declaring my independence from it. And I think that it's, it takes a lot of courage to do that. I think that what he's doing, I don't know if he's setting himself up specifically to run as a libertarian for president because that's not that huge of a status symbol, to be honest with you. I mean, the libertarians, we're going to beat up on that candidate no matter what. We're going to say that he's not libertarian enough. We're not going to support a person and da-da-da-da-da. Like, there's so many things that go wrong with somebody who's running for a libertarian because libertarians have a hard time, it seems like, getting behind their candidate. But it does help when you have somebody with that high of a status, somebody that's been in Congress, someone that understands the system to run a national campaign because then they could bring out the flaws in the system as well. And I think that if he did run as a libertarian, it would be smart for libertarians to get behind him, even if you're you know, an anarchist in some ways because at least you have somebody who is has that status has that national name recognition that can get on the stage and really talk about how negative the current system is that we have and probably bring people to question whether or not this system is for them or against them and most people think that the system is for them most people think that politicians are have their best interests at heart that are that they're only there to serve the people and that's it and somebody like Justin Amash can get in there and say, no, no, no. They're here to serve the Republicans or the Democrats. And if they have their person in Washington as a, as a Republican that's going to president of the United States, they're there to support him. They're not there to care anything about the Constitution whatsoever. So it is good for somebody like him to run a national election as a libertarian. I don't know that he's specifically setting himself up to do that, but it's very possible. It is strongly possible that he's going to do that. So he also talks about during a interview with Jake Tapper on State of the Union, which is on CNN. It's a CNN Sunday show. And he says, they asked him, they said when Donald Trump called him the dumbest and most disloyal man in Congress, Justin Amash says to 
Jake Tapper, he says, Trump thinks people owe loyalty to him, but people are elected to Congress with an oath to support and defend the Constitution, not an oath to support and defend one person, the president, who happens to be from your own party. So it's absolutely true. When a congressperson takes the oath of office, it's to defend the Constitution, and that's it. It's not party lines. There's no Democrats and Republicans in there. And the reality is, is that that's the way that the light, that's the way that things have been in Washington for so long, for too long, is that you're swearing an oath basically to your party and you're going to do what your party says no matter what. And Justin Amash gets into this more on the interview on one point. So listen to what he says on State of the Union on Sunday. Recent years. Do you think you would be leaving the Republican Party if Donald Trump were not president? Yes, I do. And uh, I've had concerns with the Republican Party for several years. I've had concerns with the party system generally. When I first got to Congress, I thought I could change things from the inside. But as I've spent time there, I've seen that uh, not only me, I don't think there's anyone in there who can change the system. Um, It's pretty uh, rigid. It's top-down. It comes down from leadership to the bottom. And um, over the years, it's gotten more rigid. So it's more difficult now to actually change the process than it was even a few years ago. Do you think it's fair to say that President Trump and your fellow Republicans' unblinking support for President Trump was the straw that broke the camel's back? I think this term in Congress has really shown how bad it can get. Uh, When I started the House Freedom Caucus, I was one of the founding members. What we were fighting for was better process. We were fighting for a more open government, a more accountable government. We wanted members to have a voice in the process so that we'd have a deliberative body and we'd be able to represent people back home, Um, whatever the outcome. Sometimes the outcomes would be more conservative. Sometimes the outcomes would be more progressive. But whatever the outcome, we wanted to open it up. But over the years, I've seen that uh, people are just falling in line behind the leaders, including people in my own caucus, uh, you know, which I left. So uh, it's gotten worse and worse, and, and I think this was the term that really uh, broke it. So listen to what he says. It's more rigid now than it, what it was even a few years ago. It's even more hard to change the system that they have in place. And that is the nature of government, guys. That is exactly it. He thought he can change the system from the inside out by getting the House Freedom Caucus together, by doing things. But the more entrenched the interests get, the more they put up walls and barriers to protect themselves, right? And the Democrats and Republicans both have done this within the House, within the Senate, within the entire political system, is they've built these walls to protect themselves from any invader that wants to get in and take over that system. So somebody like Justin Amash gets in there, and some they, you had a lot of people from the Tea Party movement in the 2010 election that got in there, and they formed the Freedom Caucus, and they wanted to get in there and change the system, make it so that it was more fair they wanted to get into it you know change the system so that you would have the government doing less that it would focus more on the constitution and things like that and he realizes over time that it's so rigid that it's hard to change it and it's even more so now than it was even a few years ago is what he says so these entrenched interests that are already there the republicans democrats they have taken over the federal government to the point where there's no change in that system now and it's almost impossible to fix it And that's why he's leaving, and that's why he's making a huge deal out of this idea that he's leaving the Republicans is to try to get other people 
on board with that idea as well. He's, he invited other people to do it with him. So he's trying to make a statement. He's trying to make a stance. He's trying to let the American people know that the two-party system is not working for them anymore. It's only working to keep themselves in office, get themselves reelected, to keep the power, to have a power over the purse, to keep that money funneling to their election campaigns, to organize with the special interests and the lobbies that are there to make sure that that money keeps flowing to them. That's, I mean, that's all there is to it. And it's not to protect the Constitution. None of them are there doing what they've sworn to do, which is protect the Constitution, defend the Constitution. They're all there to toe the party line. There's very few that do anything otherwise. And that's it. They're there to toe the party line because they know that they don't get reelected otherwise unless they do that. And they think that they're making a difference. They have the egos inside of them to think that they're making a difference when in reality they're just perpetuating the status quo and that's it. So I think that Justin Amash is very courageous to do what he's doing. I think that it's helpful that he's making a stand to say no more. Now it's not going to be good for his political campaign down the road. It's not going to be good for his political future. But at least he's doing it. At least he's willing to do it. And I think that's a good thing because what we have now is a Republican Party and Democratic Party that only care about getting themselves reelected. You have to follow the president if he's in office. If that's your party leader, you do what they say. Top-down approach, and that's it. So very good thing that he's doing. Uh, I support him in that. I don't, you know, I don't usually care too much about what politicians are doing, but that's something that's a good thing that he's doing. I think it might inspire other people to be more independent-minded as well. You know, your Rand Pauls or your Thomas Masseys, maybe they will have the have the guts to stand up as well and say no more. But who knows? Justin Amashi does say that a lot of people have given him credit for doing that. They said that, thank you for doing that. And they stood up and said that, and, you know, off the record per se. But at least he's willing to do that, you know? And that's a good thing, guys. I think that's a really good thing. Because as libertarians, we can see the system, how screwed up it is. We're able to be unbiased with, from the Republicans and the Democrats. We're able to be unbiased and look at it in an objective way, right? And we're able to see all the mess up that's going on up there. We're able to realize that all it is is a bunch of lobbyists that control everything up there. That politicians have this power and that they're going to use it to their own utility as much as they possibly can. They're going to use it to get themselves reelected. They're going to use it to get their selves, you know, to buy as many votes as they possibly can. You see it with the Republican candidates in 2008 2012 you see with the democratic candidates every single time as well all they do is promise 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 more 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 the republicans happen to promise more and more more to like the businesses and also to people that hate taxes but all they're doing is just making the promises that they know is going to resonate with their constituency and the democrats are doing the same exact thing they're going to promise 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 more 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 to the people that are their constituency and the things that will resonate with them. But all they're all doing is using force to get their will across. All they're doing is using threats from the government to get what they want. All they're doing is using laws to get what they want. And that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. So uh, 
kudos to Justin Amash for doing that. Hopefully others will do the same thing, and hopefully you know he doesn't get torn down and destroyed. But you know what? If he ends up going towards a libertarian ticket, I think that would be a good thing. I think that we, as libertarians, should open our arms to the sky, get that L in front of his name when he's on the, you know, in Congress right now, and that'll be kind of like the first libertarian congressperson ever, right? That's a good thing. That gives a little bit of status to libertarian movement as well. But then also it gets the ball rolling towards other people embracing libertarianism also. And that's what we want as libertarians. We want more people to embrace libertarianism. We want more people to move towards believing in liberty and freedom non-aggression and things like that, less war across the world. That's what we want. So the more people we can get to embrace that, the better, and somebody with his status can definitely help to bring more people into the fold. And that's a good thing, guys. That's a good thing. Or we could just sit around and argue amongst ourselves and fight it out and say who's going to build the roads and try to give answers to who's going to build the roads and then fight it out about whether we should have this amount of government or that amount of government or less government or no government or if we should all just stop paying taxes and go become agorists and this and that. We could argue about that or we could just embrace those people that come into the party and then help them to see that maybe it's not just a party thing but it's a way of life thing. It's a being principled thing. It's an ideology that we believe in, not some libertarian party per se, but that we believe in less government as a rule. And let's all get on that bus. Some of us are going to go further. Some of us are going to go, you know, say, you know what, let's stop here. I still want the government to build the roads. I still want the government to protect us. I still want there to be courts. You guys just keep on, you know, believing that. That's fine. Let's stop arguing amongst each other all the time, though, and start making a movement that moves forward. That brings more people into the fold. And if we do that, that's when we get more L's in Congress, more L's in the Senate. And that means, leads to more liberty for everybody. Because a libertarian is going to lean towards voting no for the spending bills. A libertarian is going to be leaning more towards voting no towards more war spending. A libertarian is going to be leaning more towards saying no to all of the welfare programs, the corporate welfare programs, all of the things that we agree are wrong that the government should not be doing, most libertarians are going to vote for those things to take away more control from the government, to pull apart the government a little bit more. That's what libertarian-leaning people are going to do. So let's get those people into office. And then we start to get a movement moving forward, and then, the, then all of the candidates have to start pandering to us giving us less government. Give me less government because we're going to vote for you. That's what we want. That is what we want, guys. We want less government, and the way to do that is not to ignore the problem, but to embrace the problem and figure out how to fix that problem. So let's do that, okay? Let's do that. Come on back tomorrow, and you'll have clear vision for 2020. <laughs>